If you have a Bible or if you're using your device, which I imagine most of you will be, to be able to see the text this morning, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 would be a great place to turn to. I'm going to read something from Ephesians chapter 1 in just a minute. I encourage you though, I challenge you, if you're looking at your device, if that's what you're using, I challenge you to spend the next few minutes because this will be a short sermon, that's the plan. Uh, Try not to look on Facebook or social media or anything like that. Just use your Bible app for just a moment, okay? Ephesians chapter 1. Last week, we traveled to Greenville, Texas for a birthday party. A good friend of mine growing up, his kids were turning, I think, four and five years old. So they invited me and my kids to come. As we're getting ready to travel to Greenville, so it's about a two-hour drive to his house. Uh, Jessica was sick and she decided to stay back and go to the doctor. So I was like, we'll go ahead and go. And then about halfway through the trip to Greenville, I realized, I don't know if I know what I'm doing by myself without my wife. There's a few times that in the backseat, Christian, my son was eating his snack and he made that noise like he was choking. And I started panicking. And a few times I thought, should I just turn around and go back home? Can I do this? by myself, and I was like, don't be a pansy, just keep going, so I got to Greenville, I got to the birthday party, and as soon as I got there, there was a few grandmas who were in attendance, and they said, where's Jessica? I said, she's sick, she stayed home, it's just me and the kids, and they took over from there, it's like they knew I can't do this on my own, so they made sure my kids were fed and watched, and then I picked them up when it was time to go, and we drove home, and... uh, Towards the end of the drive, all I kept hearing from my son in the back was, I want mama. I want mama. Now that day, being the week before Mother's Day, made me think, man, I appreciate moms. I appreciate the mother of my children, my wife. I appreciate my mom. I appreciate my mother-in-law. So happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Thank you for all that you do. Can everybody just say happy Mother's Day? Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, we... We had a, a, a lesson in mind on a normal Sunday to title this sermon Christ and Families, and I had a whole approach to it, but because of not knowing if we are going to have electricity, not knowing how this would go today, uh, I decided to switch gears, and I'm going to do a completely different lesson, and I promise you it's going to be shorter than the normal lessons, and even though I feel this cool breeze coming from both of these doors, so standing on stage, it makes me feel like I should just keep on preaching, but I will honor what we told you on Facebook and through email would be a shorter lesson. Uh, the two most pertinent issues in Longview this week were what? Electricity, so no power, and trees. Because we see trees all over the place. In fact, the trees falling over is part of the reason why we haven't had electricity. So that's my focus for the next few minutes. I want to talk about power, and I want to talk about roots. How many of you went at least a day or part of this week without electricity. Anybody? We did. Okay, most of you did. Well, actually, I can't really tell. It's easier for you to see me than for me to see you right now. But anybody still without electricity other than at this church building? Okay. Well, if we can help you in any way, uh, we probably are, well, we should be helping you as a church. And if you need help, come find one of our elders or find me and we can help you if you're still without electricity. I know we're without electricity here. Uh, we went out without, we, our electricity went out on Wednesday. And when, when you don't have electricity, it's kind of like, well, what do you do? 
So Jack and Paula Hill invited us over to their house Wednesday night, and we used their dining room as a charging station, and we charged my computer, Jessica's phone, my phone, the iPad, so we could have a sound machine that night. And when, when you lose power, when you lose electricity, things change. How many of you had a tree that was uprooted or a tree that fell over? Maybe not quite as many. We have some here on our church property. We've seen them all around town. So that's what I want to talk about, is power and roots, okay? Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to read, I'm going to use my flashlight here. Ephesians chapter 1, you know, we're challenging you as a church to memorize Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21, and you may not have realized it, but Paul actually offers a prayer before this prayer, there's a, a prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. So I want to read Ephesians 1, picking up in verse 18. And as I read this, and maybe as you follow along, just count how many times you see or hear the word power. Start at verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Just in those three verses, how many times did you hear the word power? Three times. Most importantly, the way that Paul uses the word power here is it's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And what Paul is saying is that that power is available to all of us. In the text that we're challenging you to memorize, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21... Paul uses that word power three times in that prayer also. So that's just six right there for the two different prayers in Ephesians. And if you were to do a word study on power, uh, the word power in the entire book of Ephesians is used roughly ten times. The NIV translates it eight times. NRSV ten times. It's the Greek word dunamis. And there's a few variations of this word power. So it depends on which English translation that you're using. But this word power is an important word to Paul in the book of Ephesians. Only six chapters and he uses the word about ten times. So when Paul uses the word power, what he's referring to is God's power. God's power at work within us that's available to us. And then sometimes, on the complete opposite, he uses the word power uh, to refer to the powers of this world, of these earthly kingdoms. But the word power is important. And so, before the storm hit on Wednesday, I had in my notes at the end of the sermon a little section on power. And then the storm hit, and I've been going back and forth, and yesterday I just changed the sermon, and I thought I'll just focus it mainly on power. So I've been kind of playing with this word power, the way that we use it in the 21st century, the way that we use the word power in our English language. And as you've seen this week, we use the word power to refer to electricity or technology. When we lose electricity, we're without power. 
When our phone is about to die or our computer battery is about to go out, we say we're about to lose power. So here's my encouragement or my challenge to you is I want you to think about your own life or maybe think about your family or because it's Mother's Day, maybe think about your moms in this way, is do you need to power up or do you need to power off? Here's what I mean by powering up. When you power up, when you charge your device, right, you're recharging it. So when it comes to you as a spiritual being, Do you need that in your life right now? Do you need to power up? Do you need to be recharged? If you think about uh, sending our children and our teenagers to church camps like Camp Dira, they've been so effective over all these years. Why? Because they go off and they get recharged. And getting recharged is crucial to our spiritual development. For ministers, we go to lectureships and we go to seminars and we do things like that, connect with other ministers because we need it because it recharges us spiritually. We all need to be recharged. We all need to power up from time to time. And maybe that's what your family needs. You just need to go away and recharge and be with God. And maybe that would be a great Mother's Day gift. How many of you moms would like that? Some, some time alone today, right? Maybe you would like to be recharged. So sometimes we just need to be alone and be with God and, be, and power up and be recharged. Or maybe we need to power off. How many of you took advantage this week of enjoying not having electricity? Can anybody say that? Yeah, I, maybe a little bit. All right. On Wednesday night... When I sat in the living room, I was like, what do you do when the TV won't come on and you can't watch TV? Well, I read a book and it was great. I enjoyed it. I did end up going to the gym and they had power. So uh, the temptation was too strong and I downloaded a Netflix show onto my phone and was able to watch that. But for the most part, I enjoyed power off. I enjoyed having no technology. About a year and a half ago, I did a little sermon series, and I mentioned to you there's this book called TechWise Families. It's written by a guy named Andy Crouch. I still highly recommend the book. And the book, the basic idea of the book is knowing how to put technology in its proper place. Not letting technology become slave masters in our lives, as it often does. becomes an addiction. But have healthy boundaries with our technology. Right? So I recommend that book to you. And when we put technology in its proper place and we don't let it dominate us, we open up space for God to work in our lives. So what do you need? What does your family need right now? Do you need to power up and be recharged? Or maybe you need to power off and open up space for God to work? Or maybe you need both. But here's the amazing thing that I'm reminded of this week is with or without electricity... God's power is still at work. Can I amen? Is it okay to say amen on that? With or without electricity, God's power is still at work. And that, I think, is the power that Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. Is the same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave is the same power that is available to us to get through life. So there's the word power. Now let's talk about the word roots. What can our trees withstand when these strong storms come? Wednesday, I was sitting in the church building, and I don't remember where I was. I might have been in Tony's office, or maybe we were out in the foyer area and then out there in the the other part of our building. 
And all of a sudden, I was watching the rain, and it just seemed like the trees were swirling, and I, I just came over us out of nowhere, and I thought, man, am I, are we like in a tornado right now? Like, what is happening? And then within a minute or two, somebody came to guide us and said, hey, come look over here on the children's wing side. And we went and looked, and there was about four or five trees that had been uprooted. And that's part of why we are sitting in the dark today, because just like that, the trees were gone. I don't know how old these trees are. I don't know how long they had been there. But when those fierce winds came, they were uprooted and laid over and laid to waste. The scripture reading that Ricky read this morning was from Psalm chapter 1. I love Psalm chapter 1, and if if you were to reread through that, you would see in verse Verse 3, he talks about meditating on God's law day and night. And then he says, it's like a tree planted by the streams of water. So the tree roots are constantly being watered. So the roots go deep. And they always produce fruit. Verse 4, he says, the chaff, the wicked, they're blown away by the wind. So how deep are your roots? If you were to look at Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 8, Jeremiah offers sort of a commentary on Psalm chapter 1. And again, he talks about trees being constantly watered by the stream so the roots go deep and they're strong. And Jeremiah says that those trees have nothing to fear. When there's extreme heat, when there's a drought, those trees aren't worried. They're always going to produce fruit. Their leaves will always be green because their roots are strong and sturdy. The passage that we're challenging you to memorize, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, and Ephesians 3, verse 17, Paul, in his prayer, says, being rooted and established in love. That's what I was originally going to talk about this morning, and I'll save that for a few weeks. But being rooted and established in love. And then, most famously, when it comes to a roots or a foundation or what's going on beneath Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, we, we have a VBS song about this, about two builders, a wise and a foolish builder. The foolish builder built his house on the sand. The wise builder built his house on what? The rock. So when the storms came... The foundation built on the rock was able to stand. And when the storms came, the foundation built on the sand fell over. So how's your foundation? How's your roots? How deep do your roots go? And when the storms of life hit, are those roots, is that foundation going to be able to help you stand? Again, a compliment for moms. I think that moms do such a great job of laying a foundation and laying down the roots for our children. And again, we thank you moms for doing that for our kids. I'm thankful to my mom for that. But when the storms of life hit, and you know what those are, you know, the the diagnosis that maybe you receive, and we have a few people at our church right now who have been diagnosed with cancer, and it it was really neat to be there Monday night at the White Oak School parking lot with Paul and Jen Sicoccio arranged that. And we got to pray for Jack and Paula Hell. You know, it's, it's the battle that he's about to go through. And I look at Jack and I look at Paula and I think those, that's a couple right there, that their roots go deep. That foundation is built on Jesus, what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 7. And I admire that kind of faith. But when life hits you, when the diagnosis comes, or you lose your job, or life transitions hit, 
or you got to change something, you're struggling with anxiety, depression, or whatever it may be, when those storms of life hit, how deep do your roots go? And will you be able to withstand the storms that life will just naturally bring, that will naturally come our way? We have a power that's available to us to withstand the storms of life. And I could go on and on with this, but I'm going to keep it short because I promise you I will. So how deep do your roots go? Are you relying on the power of God that is available to us that Paul talks about in the book of Ephesians? Now this morning, we're going to sing a few more songs in just a moment. But I just want you to know that if you feel like you need to be recharged, like if that's the place where you're at in your life, you need to power up, you need something extra because you're struggling, we will have some elders that will be up front with me, a few that will be in the back, and just take some time to pray with them. And if you're embarrassed or you're shy to do that, well, the lights are out today, so now people won't see you. Take this opportunity to get recharged. If you're worried about whether or not your roots go deep, Come find me, come find one of our elders, and let's talk about that. And even though we don't have electricity and the water may be a little bit cold, we still have a baptistry. And if you've never put on Christ in baptism and you're ready to start that journey today of discipleship with Jesus, that is available to you as well. I'm going to invite you to stand back up, and I want you to respond to this invitation if you need to today, and I'll invite Joe David to come back up here with us.